love you. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. Ooh, welcome to our hotel. It's uh, filled with rooms just for you. And witches from Eastwick. And witches, yes, they they live in the rooms, but not all of the rooms. You can have a room without a witch if you so please. Yes. Just don't choose a room that the individual numbers add up to 13. That's That's very bad. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Uh, This is a potato pick, but... You don't need, besides whatever that means to the new listeners, this is Green and Faceless on the Couch. That's what the show is called. And it's a podcast about right. movies and TV. And once a month, we do an episode called The Potato Pig, where our patrons suggest topics for us to watch, and uh, then they vote on it, and then we do it. Indeed. If you're interested in being a part of that, you can go to patreon.com slash greenfaceless, and we'd appreciate your patronage uh, if you like this show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of cool stuff there. We got merchandise for every specific tier. We got uh, exclusive episodes for certain tier and above. Uh, yeah. The $2 tier is is just to participate in the vote for the potato pick. You still get merchandise at the other tiers. At There's the other, there. at the other tiers, you'll have a good time. Yes, you will. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean. And with to... the two dollar, with the two dollar tier, you get all the fucking voting power that you That's can ever right. ask for. That's right. Once a month, you can decide if we watch good movies or bad movies, and we'll watch them and we'll talk Indeed. about them, and it will be a time. It's always a time. But our uh, our current suggestion giving patrons. They haven't. They haven't steered us astray yet. They haven't Not given really. us awful films. They've just been giving us good shit after good shit. Yeah, every month they have. They've been kind, and you guys don't have to be. You don't have to be. You and and be it seems brutal. to me that if someone is being unkind, the kinder choice gets chosen in the vote. So if you guys want to be mean, I just feel like when we're roasting a little bit. But then again, somebody who suggested it, it might be their favorite movies, and then I feel a little bad. But that's the show. That's the gamble that we take. We did lose a subscriber on YouTube. I think they would have known that it's an awful film and we would shit on it if they suggested bad stuff like that. I think they'd be ex- they'd be expecting and hoping for the hoping for the the rants and the the outrages. That's right. And you know, sometimes I just need a little bit of. It's kind of cathartic. Like, you know, I don't want this show to be to become that. I feel like there's other shows no, that no. fill that niche. But I, just every once in a while, I, I would like that. Just, you know, a little shit shower. <laughs> My heart can't take being completely negatively angry all the fucking time. <laughs> I do too much to my heart already. <laughs> yeah. I eat a lot of cheese, but, here but I are. guess it's supposed to be good for my stomach. I don't know. Everything sucks. Yeah, yeah. Everything gives cancer, let's be honest. That's true. Well, 
we're focusing on uh, the illustrious Nicolas Cage this week. We're getting a lot of actor focuses. <laughs> I love that actor spotlights. Oh my god, <laughs> Jack Nicholson. <laughs> That's definitely not the first time. I was time like, I've I don't know that. if it's a bit or if it's if he's serious. <laughs> I would say confused. Uh, <laughs> no, I understand. You see that nickel there, and you're just like, hmm, Nicholas. That's right. Nicholas Obviously, Jack. He is the one true god. No! I refuse. <laughs> Either. Join the cult. No! Do it. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Google Cobble. Okay. Google so, uh, Jack Nicholson, who uh, was very informative to my father's sense of humor, like 100%. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the films that were suggested uh, were films where Jack is uh, is the villain, where he gets to play his, yeah. his evilest... Uh, you know, where he's grinning, where he has that full, just, I don't know, sometimes the sometimes energy. he's charming and persuasively evil. Sometimes he's just, like, demonically evil. And yeah. I think the, uh, I think they chose two really good, good versions of, uh, of Jack's villainous attitudes yeah. here. We got, we got The Shining, classics, Stanley Kubrick, gotta love it. That's right. And The Witches of Eastwick. Which um, I have a fun story about that I will unload when we get to the Witches of Eastwick. But first, well, we're talking The Shining. Let's talk The Shining. So, Indeed. you know, we didn't really discuss, we typically do, who's going to do the synopsis. Right. Maybe since I have a story for the Witches of Eastwick, I should do The Shining. That way okay. I'm just not talking for like 15 minutes okay. straight of the Witches of Eastwick. Okay, well, you might it, also have to help me with the plot of the Witches of Eastwick. Probably because I'm of the opinion there's not much one. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, uh, I remember the the setup for that. I don't remember the, the we, we got to, we did get to see the Witches of Eastwick together, which was very exciting. We, you know, we get to have That's a movie night. Right. It was lovely. It was really fun. But uh, after uh, about three-fourths of the way into the movie, you pulled out the computer and were like, let's play Civ Six, And I was just like, oh, <laughs> there it all goes. <laughs> I forgot this whole movie. <laughs> 100%. I, yeah. I do, I I almost said doo-doo. I do do that <laughs> uh, for quite a few of these films uh, to admit, you know, my shame. Uh, but that's because sometimes <laughs> we watch a movie and it's like, I just get very antsy and it's like, I, I yeah. would, if I would maybe not be watching this if, uh, if it wasn't for the yeah. review. Right. I, I completely understand <clears throat> you need a, you need a secondary outlet to burn off that, yeah. that ADHD pretty much is all it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause I do that all the time where I'll be watching a movie and I'll be like, I can't focus on this right now i want to be doing something else and then i'll either clean i'll exercise or i'll i'll read a book even play play a handheld game <laughs> pull up my switch and play something on there like i completely right. understand that yeah yeah i i don't think i'd be able to read just because uh i struggled too much with that but uh you know exercise mm -hmm. that's an idea <laughs> i do it, it definitely uh, helps honestly i do play with garlic sometimes like it's 
because uh, right. Well, she also needs that. Yeah, that's another thing I do. I, I do. I do play with Zelda too. She doesn't. She does sit quietly by herself until finally she's like, "Oh, he's on the ground. Are we playing now?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm just doing push-ups, but I'll finish this one. Then I'll just you know say fuck the exercise and play with you. That's fine." <laughs> nice. We had that a lot. But the Shining, the Shining. Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, very, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a monument in the genre. Like, a lot of people talk The Shining when they talk horror films. It has all the, the eerie atmosphere that you could ever ask for, like, the, the score. Um, who did the score here? Music by Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind. It's fucking great. I love I love the, the eerie music yeah. that plays in the background throughout like most of this movie. Especially that opening scene where you're just seeing like the, the mountains of Colorado and everything. And it's just like oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I love it. It's very it, it it really sets the mood. And then the opening credits happen and it's just like scrolling on the screen and it's just like blue text and it's kind of like cheaply done and it, it yeah. even more somehow sets the mood because it, it makes you a little unnerved because you're like you come in and, and i mean it's just stanley kubrick that's how he does a lot of his shit but like i don't know when you when i'm watching this movie what 42 years later now when it came <laughs> since when it came out and i'm just sitting here i'm just like huh you wouldn't think like this big epic film called you know the shining while well, a lot of people know just off of the name basically uh, you wouldn't expect it to just have such cheap opening credits, and somehow yeah. it unnerves you. I don't know how, but like it does set me on edge still with that with that eerie music in the background. It seemed to me like they were trying to make reference to horror movies, but I don't know. I feel like you get that feel right. more in the eighties than before this. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the eighties movies have it because of this. That's pretty much what it is, probably. <laughs> and it got, like, this movie, even though it was big, like, I don't, I assume it made its budget back. Let's find out. Yeah, it made its budget back. You know, it's it was pretty huge, but at the same time, it was pretty hugely negative. A lot of critics hated it. It got nominated for the Raspberry Awards, or otherwise known as the Razzies, which is the, you know, the year's worst films and worst actors and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it got nominated for worst actress and worst director Shelley Duvall and Stephen Kubrick together Shelley's yeah that was later rescinded they later um, were like they apologized for nominating her for that because of the horrible treatment she received on set because that's the that's the big thing about uh, The Shining Stanley Kubrick was a, a tough director you know he liked he liked short crews because it allowed him to do shit ton of re, re uh, reshoots and everything specifically of one take, you know, that he can spend a whole fucking day doing one damn take over and over again. And, you know, you can't do that with a massive crew because that's just money out the fucking ass. Uh-huh. You know, you, 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 with a small crew, it's easier to just be like, all right, there's eight of us. They can all hate me. I don't fucking care. We're doing this. You know, he liked that. But he also liked getting the most realistic performance he can get from his actors and in doing so, that meant he would constantly torture them. Shelly, specifically. Jeez. He would humiliate her on set, on set. He would yell at her. He would harass her. Um, basically, just like, he would just terrify her. And uh, one of the, the infamous staircase scene. 
Yeah, if, if you know The Shining, you know that, that you'd probably know the scene where she's walking backwards up the stairs, swinging a bat at Jack Nicholson, who's walking mm-hmm. up towards her and her and, you know, mentally harassing her himself in, in character. People always make fun of that scene because it's just like she doesn't seem terrified. She seems, you know, ridiculously stale in that performance at that point. Like, in reality, they had done that scene like 120 sometimes, like... It's like one of the most reshot takes in, in like cinema history, I think. Jeez. Uh, don't take my word for it. I'm just remembering. But like, yeah, like she was burnt the fuck out and legitimately terrified of Stanley Kubrick because during that scene was when he was like specifically like putting her down in front of people being like, you're the worst actress ever, like that kind of shit, like just mentally abusing this poor woman. And so it's just like the to the people who who see that scene and are just like she doesn't seem frightened at all. It's like you're a fucking idiot. She's actually legitimately terrified in that scene. Yeah. She's actually I... like going crazy. Yeah, so there's a lot of negatives to the shining and that's the specific one is the the treatment of Shelley Duvall. Well, that's but, upsetting. Yeah, well without knowing that though, there is a lot of good there's a lot of great like atmosphere shit and and good acting from jack nicholson and and you know honestly shelly too also danny is interesting as, yeah he's he's okay were you and just about to say he the didn't opposite act much longer. what danny lloyd yeah you were just about to say the opposite weren't you of what i said you said he was interesting right Danny is in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was about to say that it's not good, but interesting is a good, a better word for that because it's not bad. You know, he did what the yeah. director wanted him to. So it's definitely not the book. No, it's not the book. But at the same time, they didn't want to do what the book did right. because there's so much. There's more more supernatural in the book. The right. hotel is way alive. It's vibrant. It way more. Yeah, and it's it's this evil. The hotel they go to at the very top of this mountain, and and it's not at the top of the mountain, but it's it's in a mountain range in Colorado. Uh, it gets snowed off every year. You know they have walls of snow. They can't afford to keep it open during the winter because of that. So they close it down for the winter and hire on a caretaker to to watch over the place, keep the boiler running, make sure things get you know repaired, and and everything's fine. The only problem is every time they seem to do this and hire a caretaker, that guy goes fucking berserk and kills his family. It's happened once, and you know they're just like, "Oh, we gotta get a better one this time." Yeah. So they they hire maniac writer uh, Johnny Torrance, Johnny Torrance, John Torrance, Jack Torrance, uh, one of those Jack Torrance, Jack Torrance. Yep, because Jack, Jack gets to play Jack. That's in his contract. Indeed. It's in his contract. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they they at the beginning the like the beginning of the movie is Jack uh, getting interviewed to be the well actually no he's not even being interviewed he's he's being hired on the spot basically, basically just be like all right you yeah. got the job this is what's gonna happen bring your family up here yada 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 right I think it's kind of like orientation and like in the right. book that doesn't go well either. Yeah, Ullman yeah. does not like, like him. Jack, he clashes so hard with that guy. You you just said his name. I don't remember what Ullman. it was. Uh, Stuart Ullman, played by Ullman. Barry Nelson. Thank you. Yeah, he's 
he does a good job because like the 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 book opens up with a vicious little prick like that's like the first sen- sentence and uh yeah. that's describing Stuart Ullman because that's the that's the ad- that's the personality that Jack is getting from him because he's he's just got this shit eating grin and he just seems like an officious little prick as as Jack calls him Jack's a very anger filled man with a lot yeah. of uh, uh machismo and misogyny <laughs> he has a lot more misogyny in the movie than he does in the book, oh, the book 100%. Still very... you get a lot more in the book from jack's perspective about how he is really trying hard to manage his anger and yeah and and i i, and I really love that. appreciate it in the book yeah like he's mm-hmm. he's actually obviously he's fucked up and but he's right. human like Steven yeah. does a really good, a better job of making him human than he does Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Steven's big problem. He doesn't know how to write women. But the thing is in the book though, Wendy is not helpless. She is not, um, she doesn't like cower to Jack all the time. You know, she is, she is a strong, um, she's not a strongly written female character, but she is a strong female character. You know, she is like, in the end, she's doing everything she fucking can right. to protect her son. Right. Not to say Shelley Duvall doesn't do it in the movie either, but she is more timid. She's more more oh, apt okay, to be Jack. cowered by. Yeah, yeah. They're from Vermont, and I don't know if I believe Shelley Duvall's from Vermont. But then again, I don't really know what people sound like in Vermont. Are they? From, were they from Vermont? I thought I just assumed yeah. being Stephen King was a main thing. Nope, uh, they're from Vermont, at least in this movie. Yeah. Because that's where Jack used to teach, and then they moved to Boulder. I'm just curious where Shelley Duvall was born. Texas. Yeah, okay, I, I didn't think so. She, she <laughs> yeah, she's a Texan. But yeah, it's it's that, that's basically the setup, though, is once they get to the hotel... It it's kind of becomes a slow burn, but it doesn't. It's not really a slow burn. It's you know, it, it th- shit happens, and it, it happens pretty quickly, um, and, and it snowballs into the finale. But like it, the, the the first few stuff is just you know, it's just Danny going around. He's got this thing. He's got the shining. You know, he yeah. he can see uh, oh, yeah. otherworldly don't, stuff. Don't you, know? you forget about Scatman Crothers. Don't you? Don't can't. Oh, you're right. I can't forget about Scatman Carruthers. He has such an important role in this movie. <sighs> and that sarcasm. If, I know it doesn't come across that well in the, the it, he's uh, air, audio waves. He's a in this movie, though. It just he is, sucks but, the way that they did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest... That's another big change. Is in the books, when he gets there, he fucking actually is a help. He yeah. does something. Yeah. You know, Steven doesn't just toss him aside once he shows up, but Stanley does. Stanley's just like, all right, you got here. Axe to the chest. <laughs> Sorry, that's spoilers. <laughs> but it's just like, it, I don't it makes think me so mad. That's not what I recall happening when I just watched it. I thought you got shot with a shotgun. Am I wrong? Well, that's misery. My God. <laughs> Is it? Jeez, that's we a, watched That's another movies. Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, that's another Stephen King movie where where the uh the the fun character shows up, the fun side supporting character shows up to the scene of the crime and just gets yeah. wasted immediately. Just immediately. So sad. Stephen King might be a bit of a trope, let's be honest. <laughs> he might have a formula. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I did really feel bad about the way that Dick Holleran's character gets treated in this movie. I did feel really bad about that because he was really good in the book. Like, he was one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Like, I... You know, King tries when he he writes black people, but, uh, yeah, it's not quite on the mark and it's not... it's not necessarily his fault. He's not black, <laughs> but you know, right. it's still pretty good. It, like his attempt, I, I enjoy, but moreover, like he still makes Holleran like a full fledged character. Like he, you get to know what he's up to. Yeah. Very likable character too. He, you get to know what he's up to down in Florida. He, that climb, up to up from sidewinder that's like a really interesting part of the book like they do that in the movie but it's just not they don't capture it the way that is in the book and that's that's okay like like, up to the point where he gets to the overlook and and immediately brushed aside i'm okay with mm -hmm. this uh this interpretation his his (laughs) literal only purpose is to bring them an exit vehicle that's it right that's all he does yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just sad. It makes me so sad because that, like, as you said, he, uh, so I guess I didn't even explain that, that, that Dick Halloran is the chef at the Overlook Hotel. Right. He is the, you know, and he also has the shining. He, he has the exact same thing Danny does. He actually tells him that, he, you know, his, right. my grandmother called it the shining. Over a bowl of ice cream. And I love it. It's yeah. Yeah. Endearing. Exactly. And, and he, he kind of just tells Danny that he's just like, while you're here, you're going to see some shit. It's scary, but it can't hurt you. You'll be fine. You know, it'll be okay. This ho- this this hotel has had a lot of crazy shit go down within it. And because of that, you know, there's a lot of ghosts. A lot of ghosts and ghouls. And, you know, you're going to be scared, but you'll be okay. It can't hurt you. Yeah, it's it's like TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I recall that comparison. But don't go in that one room. Anyways. Yeah, but don't go in that one. <laughs> what is it, 237? I don't know. Two, three, seven. Don't go in there. Don't it's go scary. It's there's, a, the there's a creepy floor. woman. I don't. I'm not quite yeah. sure which room it is. I forget. Maybe. <laughs> maybe if I uh, sang a scat song about it, I remember that would have been awesome. <laughs> and also, another thing that got completely like rid of was the boiler. You know, in the book, yeah. there's this huge. Um, boiler at the, like in the, the basement that jack has to keep going and it's so well done like i love the the imagery and the metaphor of that boiler because it's just like it's just jack's anger you know he's constantly yeah. feeding it and like you know it's it's so good and then once he finally stops feeding it and tries to be a fucking dad you know it, it's it's a great moment i really love that ending the movie was just like <laughs> no we're not doing a boiler we're not he doesn't have to be keeping <laughs> this thing going what you talking about it's just it, it heats the 80s it just heats it's fine it just yeah, we heats. don't even care about it but you know that the, the yeah, boiler just... wasn't built in the 80s that was the whole freaking point and also like all right. men, like the the reason why it hadn't been replaced when they uh recently did the restore was because allman was like uh it would be too expensive to do it right now yeah even though that there was money for it they're like we, we should we should keep this budget money and we'll keep the boiler going and there's this ho- another right. character that they totally duck out. The guy whose family used to own the hotel, 
but he's like the caretaker and he's the one who tells him about the boiler. Right. And he just curses every other every other word. And that would have honestly been a good movie character, even though he's only in that one scene. And there was a lot to him too. There was like a little mystery behind the the you know, his family owning the the hotel and everything, and Jack just like deciphering what the hotel means. Like right. there's a lot there's a lot more to the book that's just Definitely. chopped away, chopped out of here. It sure is. And you know, you only have so much time on screen that you can hold people's attention so i understand but like they don't even have so you know very famous lines that i'm gonna misquote all work and no play makes jack a doll boy i feel like that was i mean while that was like great great classic movie moment it also yeah. was kind of a cop out about what he got obsessed about. Like, yeah, he got that's obs- true. that he was he was collecting information and yeah, like you said, he was just so obsessed about learning about the hotel and that he was going to expose everything. And then the hotel convinces him that it's better if uh, he doesn't do that. It's really interesting. Yeah. It really is. It's like I've had a lot of conversations with people over the years where, because you know, I'm such an old man, uh, but like uh, where you know I, I mentioned that Stephen King hated the movie. They hated the Stanley Kubrick film. That was part of the, a lot of the negativity too. Was Stephen King watched it and was just like, nope, hated it, pissed me off. You know, and Stephen has bent over backwards since then for a lot of his films. You know, there have been a lot of re- uh, uh, adaptations of his his works. That you know are just gonna suck, but you look at Steven, he's just like, they're good, they're good. <laughs> go, go see they him. Did, they did, they did my like, really? story this time, but then they yeah. didn't. They it's didn't the Dark Tower. Do it. It's just like you wanted to see it. No, it's not. <laughs> just do the book. Uh, he, he, and it's so funny because then, then you mentioned it's like, well, he hated The Shining, and everybody's like, the one that was good. Yeah, like what are you talking about? How could he hate it? This is why he hates it. They they cut out so much of his story. Like as you yeah. said, Jack's no longer obsessing about the hotel. He just has cabin fever. Yeah. He's just going crazy, man. That's true. He wants a freaking drink real bad. He's an alcoholic. Didn't you get that? Well, that's in the book too. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty similar in right. the book. It is, but like that's it. That's the only that's thing. Is he's, is he's an alcoholic and he's got cabin fever. Oh, I see what you're he saying. just wants yeah. a fucking drink. Well, you know, and I think maybe we should do closing statements on this movie. I think you're, I think could, you're right. We could I, like just bump the other movie and talk this movie more, but <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no, know, I, I total agreement. I'm ready to wrap up. I, uh, I, you know, I obviously I've sounded very negative, but I love this movie. Yeah. You know, you got to hate something to love it. You know, and that's the thing with the, the, I mean, if you love something, you hate it kind of, you know, there's a, there's a bit of hate, you know, obviously you're going to, I don't know. I don't know what kind of metaphor I'm trying to go with here. I, but like, I, I enjoy Stephen King. He's the reason I want to write because as a kid, I would read his books and be like, holy fuck, this guy's telling me a story. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I was enraptured like I'd never been before. As I've grown older, I found many other writers who have captured my interest. It's really, it's nice. But Steven was the start, you know, he was the one that I was yeah. just like, I want to do this. I want to write stories. And, you know, cause I, I like the way he tells stories. He has this very, 
old man in a rocking chair taking you on a trip kind of way about him. And even though a lot of that is stripped away from this movie, it's still there. You know, you still have that good story. You still, it's still fun to watch Jack Nicholson just go absolutely ape shit. Like, cause like when he, when he starts to go crazy, he starts to go crazy. And Jack Nicholson pulls it off really well, even though he was super fucking tired of the script changes and the, the constant reshooting of scenes that literally he would, um, I read that he would get his scripts at the beginning of the day and he won't even bother reading them. He would throw them in the trash because he knew by the time they went to, cu- uh, went to film, there would be a new script because Stanley Cooper was constantly rewriting the script, constantly changing it, constantly going over it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bad to this film, but the atmosphere that Stanley Cooper captured is so fucking good yeah there's a lot of good scares i enjoy the that that crazy third act where shelly duvall is just running through the hotel screaming her head off i love that she sees so many crazy things that are just kind of goofy but at the same time they're very unnervingly goofy and it's great the atmosphere is so good but i'm I'm, i only give it three stars the first time i watched it i was blown away because i was a kid it was a great horror film you know, it scared the pants off of me as a kid. But since then, I've read the book twice or three times. And then I've watched the movie ten times. You know, who knows how many times. So it's, it's lost a lot of its edge for me. But it is still a good movie. There's just a lot of bad to it. So three stars. Well, still pretty good. Uh, I would say once upon a time, this movie probably get a face and a half. But especially with, like, that, that background information of the stress on set. I mean, I I get the draw of doing a, a method environment like that, but it's just also completely unnecessary. People yeah. people work better when they aren't stressed. That's just the truth. <laughs> Scared. Scared shitless. Uh but anyways, I it's definitely a full face movie. I do really enjoy this movie. And if somebody would ask me, Hey, do you like the shine? I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's a good movie. Uh I probably wouldn't even think about right. the book, to be perfectly honest, even though I like that book. And I think that there's things in the book that are better. It's just different. It's the Amen, same man. but different. Amen. <laughs> Mostly different. That's that's my closing statement on the it- shining. Someday we will uh, we'll watch the Stephen King made version of the mo- of the movie because yes. he made his own version of the film, absolutely awful, but <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll do a Stephen King playlist someday, probably. Oh my god, that would be so good! I would I would love. Yeah, that. it'd be a lot of fun. There's a lot of really really yes. tankers in there, yes. you know, <laughs> like. Um, is it called Silver Bullet? Is that what it's called? That is one of them, I believe. There's, uh, yeah. I think Maximum Overdrive. Oh my god, that was him? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, he actually directed that one. Oh man. Yeah, that's when he was like tripping so fucking hard on cocaine. He, he decided, he was like, I can direct this movie. And it's just, <laughs> oh, Steven. Oh, I love the man. All right, we're going to do that uh, very soon. Very soon, we'll do that. Someday. But right now, we're going to take a soda pop break. All right. I love you.
Three beautiful witches. One lucky <laughs> devil. Oh, God. Is that the actual tagline? <laughs> uh, I believe so. I believe so. Maybe it was three beautiful women, one lucky devil. Oh, well, we're back. Excuse me. <laughs> we're back, baby. You ready for my fun story? All right. Yeah, hit me. So when I was young and uh, prepubescent, but well, not really, but going through puberty child, uh, you know, very, very excited by the female body and uh, trying very hard to sneak certain entertainments past my parents. I'm relating so far. Yeah, yeah. And so they were asleep. You know, they would go to sleep, you know, kind of early. They would, or they would wake up early too. So it's like there was, there were hours. There were hours where I could sneak down, get on the TV, find it up, find the skin, the, you know, the skin tube, whatever it was called, like those, you know, those dirty channels. Uh, Cinemax. Didn't have to pay per view anything. Skinemax. Thank you. Skinemax. <laughs> but no, I didn't, I didn't pay for anything. These were, these right. were, we had like, all the channels back at this time period, you know, we, we were we were able to afford all the the cool TV channels and everything. It went all the way up to the nine thousands. We got all the music channels. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. Nineties kid. Ninety kids know. Nineties kids know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, somewhere up there in those high range, uh, but somewhere up in those high numbers were the uh, certain channels that would occasionally th- show raunchy films like softcore porn films and uh-huh. young young green traveler uh again very excited by certain things was surfing those channels and came across a movie called the witches of breastwick <laughs> and i was just like "Ooh, witches that's exciting so i watched it and it was good it was a good good little movie that was like yay cut uh cut to about a month later I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm downstairs, I'm searching through the TV, and I come across a movie with a very similar title, but one that I thought was the exact same. It was called The Witches of Eastwick. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I could watch that movie again. You know, was, <laughs> that was that was exciting enough. And so I click on it, and it's very, very quickly uh, learned by a young green traveler that it was not the same film. It was a much older film, and that maybe the naughty film that I had watched had been based off of this film. Maybe. And I was just like... Just maybe. It, it, it honestly it honestly might have been the first time where I realized uh, spoofs could happen. Like, I think that was the first time I understood what a, like a spoof right. film was. And I was just like, oh, it was based off of that one. I get it now. Like, I was that young. It was, it was kind of sad. But... Yeah, that's my little story about the Witches of Eastwick. I watched it when I was, I don't know, 10, 11. I don't remember what time that was, but it was exciting. I remembered enjoying it as a kid and being like, wow, that was so alluring and everything. Uh, And then we watched it as adults. (laughs) We watched it as an adult. And, you know, it's something. I'm so happy we watched it together, too. It almost isn't itself a softcore porn between Jack Nicholson, Cher, Susan Sarandon, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Veronica. Wait a minute. That's the ones I wanted to mention. That's it. Just those three. Yep. yep. <laughs> Veronica Just Cartwright is in it as Felicia, it. but yeah, she's yeah. not one of the three. Yeah. That's right. 
Oh, but anyhow, these three witches who are friends and don't know they're witches for some reason. For some reason. We could all be wizards and not know it until the owl shows up, Blake. I see. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, that I mean, these people, though, they grew up, they didn't get their owls. I mean, maybe those owls were shot down, you know, maybe the... You know, the conservation laws were probably not as great back in the 70s. Right, right. Um, no, I guess is this... Well, I guess they would be kids in the 80s. 70, Plus, excuse me, the 70s. Well, or they're, 60s, also, they're also Americans. So whatever the American versions... <laughs> That's right. Version was that yeah, of, they of didn't the get owl. their muskrat. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Is that yeah, what the American what version is? <laughs> They didn't get their muskrat with their piece of bark that is inscribed with runes that no one can read, lest you're a wizard. It's just, it's just the Declaration of Independence. Yes. <laughs> but etched in a tree bark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you can read it, then you're, it scans your eye, and uh, then you get an, another letter in the U.S. Post. Shit, man. Yeah. Contact JK. Actually, don't contact JK. I don't want her no. as part of this project. Uh, so we're just going to steal your shit. Between, uh, by the way, Cher is uh, play playing Alexandra Medford. Susan Sarandon is playing Jane uh, Spofford. That's a, a name, and Michelle Pfeiffer is playing <laughs> Suki Ridgemont. And the best part is, too, that Cher was supposed to play the character that Susan Sarandon plays. And right. Susan Sarandon had already been cast as Alexandra. And Cher came in and was just like, mm-mm, bitch. They're like, this is my role. I'm doing that character. And they're like, but we've already cast that character. And she's like, well, recast the person. <laughs> she's like, Jesus, Cher. <laughs> she's got so much power. Uh, another, time- another sad thing is... Uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, when he he only went to to audition for the role because his girlfriend Angelica Houston was auditioning for a role, and oh. so Jack Nicholson gets the part, and Angelica Houston does not. That had to be awkward. <laughs> now he has uh, foursomes with these no, women. they're actors. This is what this yeah that obviously, and it's like also the <laughs> scenes aren't that explicit either at all. No, yeah. <clears throat> He does get to roll around on a bed. I think he m- might have been shirtless. Yes. But he had pants on. And that yeah, was... Yeah, very high-waisted pants. He was getting to be seductive yes. and enjoying himself. They, he was definitely enjoying that day. At one point. I don't know. Maybe, probably not. But uh, they probably get not. together, these three women. Susan Sarandon, by the way, is a music teacher. Alexandra is a sculptor and suki has a bazillion children and her husband left her that's and that is their stories yeah and uh they get together every once in a while to have like i don't know game night or something but they get really drunk on wine and you know do you know friend stuff simultaneously they all wish for a man to come into their life and they throw out all these descriptors and i'm like you really want this person to show up and very suddenly, yeah. driving a hearse, if I recall correctly, is Daryl Van Horn. 
played by Jack Nicholson, who shows up in the town and buys this old mansion that they wanted to be a, a historical building. Uh, somebody was working on that, I think Suki was. Right. Anyhow, very, very uh, quickly, he seduces all three of the women, and they are equally just fine with the fact that he's sleeping with all three of them. In fact, they they have adventures all at the same time a lot. And word gets out at, out at the town because uh, apparently Felicia Alden, played by Veronica Cartwright, this is the woman who um, becomes possessed in quotations, right? Right. Yeah, she sees okay. through Daryl's uh, Daryl's mirage, or whatever you want to call it. Yes, he's facade. She's, facade. Yes, she sees something in him, and also in the women, those three women, and she she like starts right. spouting religious hysterics whenever she comes in contact with them. And her husband Clyde, played by Richard Jenkins. Oh, I love him. Yeah, me too. Uh, he's just beside himself, doesn't know what to do about it. And anyhow, uh, it, it causes a big howdy do in town. And it, it, it <laughs> even do? though they're, yeah, <laughs> even though they're doing, um, better at their jobs because they're getting good sex, I guess, um, they, uh, sure. like are being like booed and hissed at by the town members. And then they like kind of realize that they're being somehow manipulated by Daryl. And so mm-hmm. they try to trick him away. I didn't really understand how they got to that point. Uh, but they, they decided yeah, that to was leave when we because of a too. fight. Maybe that's true. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they decide to all leave simultaneously because of a fight. And he does do some kind of um, a gleam on them to, to keep them. Yeah. One by one. He seduces them again. Yep. He reels them back in. Yeah, he's very skeevy, very maniacal. I liked it. I liked Jack Nicholson's charisma in this, even though I'm very happy. Uh, I think this movie might have given me problems as a kid. I think I might have been like, this is why I don't have confidence to talk to women, because everything that this guy is saying, I find utterly tasteless and disgusting. Yes. And yet the women are eating it all up in this movie. I'm just like, what? Like this, <laughs> yeah. I think that's where a lot of issues brewed. Because as an adult, I'm like, yeah, I don't think a lot of women. Well, not not a lot of women. I'll say that there are probably women who do similarly agree with with Cher and Michelle Pfeiffer and Susan Sarandon. But I also know a lot more women who would find Jack Nicholson absolutely disgusting. Yes. In this movie. Well, okay. At first, Cher does. I feel like that's part of the right. whole thing. And honestly, Susan I think all shows of them kind of have a bit of it. Yes, they do. So, like the, he, like I understand what what you're saying about what it did to your psyche. But in the movie, I think as an adult <laughs> viewer, you're supposed to get that something's not quite right here. They're going for this guy, even though he's a pig. I think that's what you're supposed yeah. to get. But I'm sure there's a bunch of men who are like, "Oh yeah, that's right. You like it like that." Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, and it happens a lot, too. This movie feels a lot like now. a Stephen King story, too. Yeah, um, but, but, like, it has a lot of, like, the New Englandy horror feel that Stephen King is, like, known for. And 
he has a lot of characters like that in his books too, where it's like the male is a little bit of a pig, but his the way Stephen King writes his women's characters, they're always just like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Salam of a human being. <laughs> just like okay, I didn't sure there are some women out there who love that kind of shit. So that's true. That is true. There's men who like that sort of shit too, and not like yeah, being exactly. the. I'm not talking about being the dominant persona in that relationship either uh, people like right. what they like but i don't yeah, think some people that like this slops. is a positive representation yeah, yeah exactly and i was surprised coming back to this because the the director was george miller i didn't know that as a kid and i know george miller for so many other things now specifically mad max you know right. he, he did all the mad max films and you know that's that's basically all i was like acquainting with him was that and then when we came back and I like did a quick research and I was like, oh my God, you're fucking kidding me. And I was very excited to show you guys the director. I remember that when, when the movie started, I was like, all right, when they show the director, you won't believe it. And then it took like 15 fucking minutes for them to finally show who the director was. And I was like, there it is. Finally. God damn. <laughs> it was George Miller. It's very hilarious to me, but it definitely, I see, I see his style still in this film. There's a lot of his. Yeah, maybe. It fits better in his weird, weird world. It fit, it fits better there than it did in specifically this, in the I'll character say. acting. Yeah, cause once it once it once that third act really kind of came around, that's where you started to get more of the that weird taste. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of weird that happens in the third act. Yeah. A lot of I don't think it was CGI, but it was some kind of um, you know it's special like, effects. There's a lot of it. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe maybe a little bit of. Uh, computer help but it was definitely some kind of animation uh semi-photorealistic animation uh you know they definitely yeah. took his image and broke it apart for that it was ridiculous <laughs> made him big yes they envisioned <laughs> him jack nicholson oh that's great he has a movie george miller does coming out soon uh but yeah he has i can't remember what it's called it's like Ten Thousand years of longing or something like that it's it's um Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Idris Elba plays like uh, um, I don't know if the term is correct, but he a genie. Oh, he's like he's like trapped in the bottle, and Tilda Swinton. What was this movie? I think it's called Ten Thousand Years of Longing. I want to call it that, but I don't think that's right. I don't know. Huh. I'm excited for it though. But it's it's George, it's George Miller's next film. Okay, and yeah, I'm kind of excited for it. Who knows? I don't know why I went on that tangent. I like those two actors, so I'm down. Yeah, yeah, and, and like I like, you know, George Miller. He gets he gets the best out of his actors, and like he does the same here uh, to bring it back to which is a V-Swip because I don't know why I went on a tangent, but uh, I'm sure there was a point I was making. It's lost now. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> all here to- with you though, and we're back on the rails. We're back on the rails. We're all we're all trailed along, dragged behind. <laughs> but yeah, I think all I was trying to get at was that George Miller does great directing here, even though it does kind right. of just get weird in the third act. And we like again, we we were playing games. I don't really remember exactly the third act, but I remember it got fucking weird. It got and fucking, so, like I said, I, I I don't think I'm wrong in saying that they tried to leave him. They got he he gleamed him back and then like the next day they sent him out of town like they conspired behind his back a little bit 
They sent him out of town, and then they found a voodoo doll uh, of him, or they turned it into a voodoo doll of him. And right, yeah, and that's that's what happened. And then they started fucking with that because they're like, we I mean, gotta find a way to get rid of this guy. Yeah, I'm it not was, questioning your judgment. I'm, I know you are correct. All that comes back to me. I do remember it, but it's just fucking weird. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's still weird. fucking weird. Yeah, and if I were, to- <laughs> but at the same time, I do really. It's this is all based off of a John Updike novel, so I really do want to read oh, yeah? that now because it sounds very. You know, it yeah. sounds like something up my alley. Like, I think I would in really the, enjoy it. In the novel, it is a lot more focused on the sex. Nice. Yeah. And also, <laughs> uh, they know that they're witches. And also... Oh, good. Uh, that bothered me. He is nicer to them. Well, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I do like I do like Jack Nicholson just to get into to bathe in his skeeviness because right. like he he eats that up. It's great. He really does a great performance here. Uh, I guess I'm kind of just turning it into my closing statement. If that's yeah, okay, yeah, do it, do it. I, I I mean, I enjoyed the jokes. There were a lot of good jokes. The three women are all fun in their own right. They have great personalities, great charisma and chemistry. You know, they they do despite the qualities that we've mentioned like the the weird all around it's it's much raunchier than i thought it would be than i yeah. remembered it being yeah like so it's like despite all of that i think everybody did amazingly but because of the raunchiness because of some of the weird sex driven like actions and, and and like you know his him being a pig and them loving it like there's just a lot that like turned me off you know, I felt I felt a little dirty watching it, and I didn't like the dirtiness because I'm a prude, and <laughs> so I give it a two and a half stars. Uh, I still I still did enjoy it, but at the same time, it wasn't like it wasn't what I was expecting it. And yeah. you know, I give it two and a half. I uh, I I I'm not going to give it less than a face, but I can't say I necessarily recommend. While I don't care if there's raunchiness in my movie (laughs) this movie that was kind of the plot but it wasn't supposed to be like in american pie they know it's the plot they know that the sex is the plot but right in in this it's supposed to be about witches who bring somebody to their place by accident their town by accident and it's uh, it's mm. just about the sex, and also the scenes for that aren't that intriguing. So I don't know. They are alluring. They are alluring, yes, but they. <laughs> it's not like Game of Thrones or anything. Would you? And if that's the only thing that's in the would... movie, I'd want that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Would you say? Would you recommend the uh, the single episode of Charmed with the same? Uh, concept is this movie <laughs> i think it's probably more fun i don't know i don't know if more fun's fair there I oh that's right we didn't get there yet did we i don't think we did mm. no we didn't get much you and far. i we gotta I hang out more we got that far we do i don't think we got very far into the second season if we even got that far we might not even got out of the first. That's fair. I feel I don't think we did because there's a big there's a big thing at the end of the first, and I don't think you've hit that yet. So something that uh, would hook we gotta me. watch my three favorite something witches. Something that would make me be like, 
oh, now I have to get these witch girls in my face. That sounded weird. Yes, sir. Uh, it definitely picks up after the first season, I think. You know, Charm does. I mean, overall, it's still more exciting but than I should just watch. Slick. I'm sorry. But I I should just go and watch the new series, though, right? Instead. No. Well, I haven't watched it, so I can't say anything. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not as intrigued by the new series. I don't like reboots of shows. Like, why fucking bother? That show was on air for ten fucking years. Like, you know, it, it had its era. <laughs> Make your own new era. Do something else. Yeah, it doesn't have to be charm. Just do some other witchy story. Yeah. Call it something else. Hex. Call it hexed. There's probably something you know? called sure. that. Maybe maybe TV's <laughs> just been on too long and they're like, oh, we don't know what to call new shows anymore. Oh. oh we finally show did I it. Pitched, we ran out of new entertainment. The show I pitched, I... I didn't realize that it was the same show that was made when I was a kid and that I watched every Wednesday. I just forgot. Right. <laughs> Dude, I used to do that. I used to do that as a kid. Is like uh, I would read a book and then I would show up to class with like a written short story. And I'd be like, look at this, what I wrote. And my teacher would write it and be like, oh, yeah, it's like King Arthur. And I was just like, oh, that's what I just did, didn't I? I just it. totally finished reading that King Arthur book and I just totally wrote King Arthur again. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Running out of entertainment. But the uh, the actor spotlight, to wrap it all up, which film better spotlights Jack Nicholson's uh, abilities, I guess? Abilities. Um, well, I don't know. I will say, I will say that I like The Shining more. I think, you know, I've, obviously I've watched it so many fucking times. Like, uh, it, even though I spent all 30 or 40 minutes or whatever, however long we talked about it just kind of being negative, uh, that was just because I wanted to highlight things that I don't hear about often when people talk about it because they don't know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know about the Shelley Duvall treatment and all that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously cinephiles do. People who watch movies, you know, they know a lot more about it. But it's, you know... It is a much better film, in my opinion, because I would go back to it over Witches of Eastwick. Oh, yeah. But in regards to the actor and spotlighting Jack Nicholson, I think he has more, way more fun with Witches of Eastwick than he did with The Shining, and that's why I'm going to choose this as the winner. Uh, um, um, okay, I feel like he got to do... A- a lot of fun things and some of it reminded me of that joker performance but i gotta disagree i think like the more serious like he still gets to go you know he still gets to be jack nicholson in 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 the shining but it's still like a grounded character i i'm gonna enjoy that more than this goofy character any day of the week uh, unfortunately <laughs> that's fair so we're that's gonna have fair. to disagree this episode that's all right yeah i mean i do love his performance in the shining i also love yeah. the goofy face that he makes at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah. where he's frozen and eyes are... <laughs> oh that's so fun that's hilarious <laughs> uh, but that's it that's, that, it. that's, that's been the actor showcase. That's been Jack Nicholson's highlight. Uh, Jack, we love you. Come on the show sometime. We'll have a great time. Yeah. We'll talk, uh, sure. What was that? What was that? Uh, we'll talk The Departed. We'll talk uh, <laughs> Chinatown. 
<laughs> I don't ever actually want to watch Chinatown again. I will for the show, though, but... <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the internet's going to stone me again because I have not watched Departed, pretty sure. Oh, man. But you've seen Chinatown. No. Oh. But I'm not you for both of those. I know. I know of both. <laughs> the next the next Jack Nicholson spotlight right there. We'll have it have it coming your way. <laughs> Jack Nicholson spotlight. Whenever you two. suggest it. Yeah. Whenever whenever the Patreon uh, patrons suggest it. And That's they right. do so at patreon.com slash greenfaceless, blah blah blah. We already <laughs> did that. Blah, I blah, am blah. the green traveler from Gorsh. Blah blah blah. I am the faceless Leon. Thank you so much for listening. And good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. Or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.